0: Welcome to Crime and Reason on Talk Zone, bringing you the backstory in high profile crimes that television leaves out. Now, here are the hosts of Crime and Reason, John Kelly and Leo Battenhausen.
1: Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Crime and Reason.
2: Hopefully yeah, good evening.
1: Soon. It's yeah. uh, Leo Battenhausen. With uh, John Kelly, and we have a special guest coming up later with us this uh, this evening, Mary Ann Glynn. She is an expert in uh, treating victims of sociopaths and narcissists, and she has a private practice in uh, in New Jersey. Here, we're really excited to talk to her as we uh, we're going to discuss what she does and uh, the Scott Peterson case, which probably everybody probably remembers. But first, we want to finish up. What John started last week, an uh, interesting case of the Internet slave master, John Edward Robinson. John was just getting into this superior con man's background, and we haven't really even talked about the murders yet. So, John, where where were we at? Something about a nurse. I remember yeah. you were mentioning. Uh,
2: well, I'll tell you, I, you know, Leo, when you look at this knucklehead, right? -hmm. I mean, you have to understand, I have very rarely come across, and you mentioned the word, uh, such a sophisticated serial killer. I mean, this guy is a forger, an embezzler, a con man, along with a torturer and a murderer. I mean, this guy's got it all. I mean, this is, this, yeah, this is the guy that comes in your nightmares. I mean, this guy's bad news because this is the kind of guy that can sweet talk you right off the street. Well, he and he did. he's done it. He sure. did it. Sure. He, he did, did it online,
1: didn't he? This was the he thing. He did it about-
2: online. He's a slave master who operated online he's probably one of the first if not the first i think he is the first right serial killer that uh, stalked his victims online
1: i believe so because he right when the internet started becoming really big is when he started really going at it and picking up these women i don't was he really a slave master or did he just use that as a guise i mean he must have been doing something with these ladies to, yeah to lead them on right
2: yeah, he was into power and control. So there's no doubt in my mind there's always a sexual component as you know. Right. to mm-hmm. degrade the women and he came from a very very uh, alcoholic family and had an extremely critical mother so it all fits. But anyway, um you know, he would uh he would definitely I'm sure uh be involved in uh at the very least bondage and Whatever else he was doing, he talked these women right in off the internet, and uh, he was known as the slave master, and that's why they gravitated towards him. These were, you know, really uh, submissive women looking for a dominant man. It's
1: hard so, to believe, though, you know, that you know, women would just buy this. Some, some of them, or at least one of them, came from uh, across. Across the Atlantic, right, from Poland. I mean, yep. these, these women, you have to really wonder, like, what were they thinking? Are they that starving for a male attention? And, you know, a male's attention that I guess they're just really, there's something's gotta be psychologically wrong with, with these women. Oh, there's it's, no, it's, no question about uh, that, nope. ah, but who in their right mind, right, is just going to meet somebody online and become a slave to this, I mean, to, right? I mean, you don't know who this guy is, and where'd they wind up? You know where they wound up.
2: Yeah, yeah, we're going to get into that. It's yeah. interesting where they went, where where you put them. But, you know, what he did is, uh, he found these women who were uh, also financially needy. They weren't only male needy, they were financially needy, and The wind up with him was that after a while, the cops in Missouri and the cops in Kansas started to hear his name pop up more and more with these missing women. But they did not have probable cause and they could not go in and search his house and his farm area.
3: Because you have tip. to
2: have probable cause. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they would have liked to have done this. They did interview him. But this guy was as slick as they come. And he was always uh, able to manipulate his way out of it and really not give them anything. But they really wanted to get on the property. And they got a break when one woman who he was sexually abusing took off and ran. Out of that form for her life, left her belongings there mm-hmm. and ran out of the form and finally ended up at the police station. Well, when she ended up at the police station, the police turned around and said to her, well, you know, it's your word, his word, you say That didn't he give says, them
1: probable cause. Uh, that, that, that gave
2: th- them, that didn't give them probable cause to search. You're you know, kidding. it's his word against hers. She, her character's in question. She was there as a sex slave. Okay? So then she turns on, and they ask her, did he steal anything from you? Because they really want to get in there and search the whole place. She says, well, he did, uh, you know, steal some sex toys from me. That's all they needed. Okay. There's their probable cause. Now they go off with her. To the house and farm and now they're going to do a search they got a search warrant they're going to do a search and of course they're not only looking for sex toys they're looking for whatever else they can find Right. well lo and behold as they're searching they end up finding two 85 pound chemical drums but guess what there's no chemical in those chemical drums there are two women okay we have, uh, Isabella Laquita, uh, from Poland. And we have Suzette Troughton, uh, who was a nurse that he grabbed earlier on from right. Kansas City. Right. So that now they find two bodies. Now they make the arrest. They're in Kansas, keep in mind. So now they get in touch with detectives in Missouri, but they really. No, he's got other bodies out there, and there's women missing. But they can't force him to talk. At this point, he's lawyered up.
1: So those, those bodies, then that, that locked they locked him up after that. That was that was the the prize, right, to get him at least off the streets. Exactly. Okay. They locked
2: him up after those two bodies were found, and you know, at this point in time, he's facing the death penalty. He knows. That if he gets found for a second death penalty in another state in Missouri, it's going to be very hard for him to get out. But one, he might get around one in one state. The state may drop it as they are doing now and probably will where he's at. And um, we'll get into that more later. But, um, you know, speaking of uh, people on death row when uh, you know, their sentence is never being carried out. But anyway, um, he decides he's going to cut a deal because he's scared that he could get caught in Missouri. He knows they're really, really putting a, a full court press on to try and find these other women and, and convict him and sentence him to the death penalty. So he doesn't want to be sentenced to the death penalty in two different states. One, he might be able to beat. So he cuts a deal. He said, if you don't give me a death sentence in Missouri – I'll tell you where the three other women are. Wow. <laughs> so now, you know, the prosecutors make the deal because you have family members who are looking for these women. Of course, of course. You know, it's very you know, you And know. plus they feel, hey, look, we're going to give them the death penalty in Kansas anyway. So, you know, what have we got to lose? All we can do is try and recover these bodies and help these women have a burial. You know, help them bury their dead. Mm -hmm. Help the families out here. So, anyway, he turns around and he gives them the whereabouts of three more barrels with three more bodies. And they're in uh, a storage unit in Missouri. So now he is convicted of five murders when he finally goes to court. Two, he gets a death penalty for three, he gets life for. Okay, so he's on death row in Kansas. You know, waiting this out. Now, going back, uh, there was a woman by the name of Lisa Stasi. She was one of his first victims, Leo. This, this yeah. is how crazy this guy ends up being and, 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 and what, he, what he's done. And Lisa Stasi was actually found in a shelter. Uh, with her daughter, that's where he came across them. And the reason he came across them is because he conned a social worker at a hospital into thinking that he was going to open up a home for unwed mothers, but he underlined it, uh, white mothers with white really? babies. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was actually Truman Medical Center mm-hmm. out in Kansas. And so this social worker, I guess she thought she's doing the right thing. She knows this mother and very, very young child, Tiffany, is uh, in this shelter. So you've got Lisa Stasi with her child, Tiffany Stasi in this shelter. And the social worker refers him to them so he can go talk to them. And, you know, social worker's feeling maybe he can help them out, get them out of that shelter, and take them to a better place, because he said he's opening up a home front with mothers, with children, okay? Mm -hmm. Well, what happens is he turns around after he takes these people in. He takes the daughter in, and he takes Lisa in. So now he has mother and child, and... All of a sudden, he goes to his brother who could not have children. He and his wife could not have children. And for some reason, they were in a bad position and couldn't even adopt a child. Yeah, He turns around and he tells his brother and and his sister-in-law that he happens to know somebody who has a child and would be willing to give the child up for adoption, but there would be $5,500 in legal fees. Oh,
1: for a lot of life. Wow. Yeah, yeah. You can't get any lower than a piece of scum than this guy. Yeah,
2: Yeah. 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 So he turns around and he gives Tiffany Stasi the infant uh, of Lisa Stasi to his brother and his sister-in-law. And he tells them it's $5,500, and that's not for him, but that's for the legal fees, uh, you know, to pay the uh, attorneys and to pay the judge for the adoption. So his brother gives him the $5,500. Years later, after this guy gets arrested... Tiffany Stasi, who is now Heather Robinson because she's, you know, raised by his brother right. mm-hmm. and and his sister-in-law. Heather Robinson turns around and sues the social worker and the hospital, Truman Medical Center, for an undisclosed amount of money because she contends – that Robinson would have never known about her or her mother being in the shelter if the social worker did not approach him and tell him, okay, about this mother and daughter. And the wind-up is that he's off on death row, and Lisa Stasi has never been heard from again. Tiffany Stasi, who's become Heather Robinson. Right. Right. Collects the, uh, lawsuit and, uh, you know, she said she was going to split it with her biological grandmother. And wow. that's, that's the end of the story. But I've never seen anybody, any serial killer, I've never seen any serial killer operate in so many nefarious ways as this guy. This guy yeah, uh, one it of it a all.
1: kind. One of a kind. In it all. He's
2: one of a kind.
1: Well, where is he sitting? Uh, he's on death row now, right? Waiting yeah,
2: here. he's in El Dorado,
1: Kansas, sitting on death row. Let him sit there. It's a good place for him. Poor people. These poor people.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I think we're going to take a short break because we have a lot more coming up and, um, we'll be back in a few minutes. So stick around, please, and we'll be, uh, we'll be right back.
3: We are raising a generation of techno-savvy and social media-obsessed kids. There's a lack of real human connection and concern for our fellow man. Social Side, How America is Loving Itself to Death by licensed clinical social worker Leo J. Battenhausen explores the new generation of young people and how they are turning into godless people with narcissistic and psychopathic tendencies. Americans have become so obsessed with themselves that their country's once great bedrock of dignity and respect is crumbling from underneath. Is right before our eyes. Isn't it time that we regained our confidence in spirituality and the existence of a higher power? This and so much more is explored in the book Social Side, How America is Loving Itself to Death by licensed clinical social worker Leo J. Battenhausen. Social Side is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, FaithBooksandMore.com, and SocialSideInfo.com. Social Side, How America is Loving Itself to Death by Leo J. Battenhausen.
0: Now back to John and Leo for more crime and reason on TalkZone.com.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to Crime and Reason. I'm Leo Battenhausen here with John Kelly. We have a very special guest coming up soon, Mary Ann Glynn. We'll be uh, talking to her just just a few minutes. But um, John, I wanted to bring up this this came this was in the news this week, and another Craigslist killing. Internet, okay. murder. Internet so here's, murder. Here we go. Another one of these Craigslist killing. Okay. Well, the story goes, this girl, Michelle Michelle Wilkins, 26 years old, she's uh, seven months pregnant, and she finds a, a person on, on Craigslist that's selling baby clothes. Okay. This
2: is how down and out this poor girl is. I know. Well, she's got to buy used baby clothes.
1: Go ahead. Used baby clothes. And this woman puts this message on there for if uh, she's got the stuff for sale. She goes by the, the letter D. D. Okay, no name, no anything, just D, and here's this unsuspecting mother, shows up at this lady's house, okay, and it's this lady's house, uh, her name was Dinelle Lane, or is dinelle Lane, she's 34, a former nurse's aide.
2: She's a nurse's aide!
1: She was a nurse's aide, now she left in 2012 for unknown reasons, but the, there's no disciplinary charges that were to be found. But anyway, what she does is this this lady here, we've heard this story before. She, the pregnant girl walks in the house and this psychopath cuts the kid, stabs the woman in the stomach and removes the fetus, you know, from the body from from the from Michelle Wilkins and takes the baby, okay? Which puts it in the in the bathtub at her house. Now, somehow somehow Michelle Wilkins found the wherewithal to call 911, okay? And um that said she was stabbed and she was pregnant and uh, I think she was she got out of the house and she went to the hospital now the D- D- Lane dinelle here her her husband her boyfriend came home and found the baby in in the in the uh you know in the bathtub. They rushed this kid over to the hospital, although uh dinell Lane refuses to have any any of her, any vaginal area looked at and said she just gave birth. She, uh, she had a miscarriage because she's full of blood, but here we go again. And then the baby died. Okay. The baby yeah. The baby's died. gone. Sad, baby's sad, gone. very, very sad. sad. But another, you know, another thing is that this unsuspecting person in this Craigslist, when we have got to really wise up and, and not just be so, so willing to, to, to put our lives on the line, to, to save a buck. And I'm sure there's plenty of legitimate people out there trying to sell stuff. But this is unnecessary. This is sick. This woman, I hope, to end up, but you know, now they don't know if they're going to be able to, to, to try her for murder.
2: Because yeah, they, they're not sure what the law is in that state.
1: It's Colorado. What's I mean, how does that happen? This this baby was seven months pregnant. Seven months pregnant. Uh, but the girl was seven months pregnant. You know that baby was alive. But now they're going to have a hard time with, with getting this as a, as a murder case.
2: Yeah, in some states, the child has to be outside the womb before they're considered a victim.
1: Well, I just thought, there's another, another piece of social side news here. I just wanted to, to comment on this because um, this kind of segues into our, our guest, Mary Ann. I know she is an expert on sociopaths and, and, and their victims. And she has, uh, we want to talk to her about the Scott Peterson case. Now here's that guy was convicted of killing his wife and unborn child. So, um, I want to get her opinion on that. Is, is Marianne, Marianne, are you on the line with us? Uh,
4: yes, I am, Leo. All right, Hi,
1: welcome. Good to talk well,
4: thank to you. Thank you. Thank Marianne you for having Glynn.
1: me. She is a licensed yes. clinical social worker here in New Jersey in private practice. Bernardsville. She, uh, She's in, in Bernardsville. Yeah. And um, uh, somewhat of an expert on, on sociopaths and their victims, aren't you, Marianne?
4: Yeah, um, I, d- I don't know why. We can only speculate. But in the last few years, I've come across a lot of people who come in very broken and traumatized from being in a relationship with what they might identify as a narcissist or a sociopath or a psychopath, depending on what they're reading. <laughs> Because there's, so, yeah. there's a huge amount of material on the internet about this these days, and people there is, right? are
1: so, yeah. So you're seeing quite the rise too. My book, Social Side, is is all about this, and i I agree with oh. you. So you're seeing much more of of um of a flow. Let's say of victims it's, coming. You know, narcissists will never come in and say, "Please help me. I'm a narcissist."
4: Never. But,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that well, just doesn't happen. Uh, the nature never. of that beast. So you're seeing that there. Are, They're, they're victims, I guess, right? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh,
4: There definitely are victims. I I don't know if it's maybe the area I work in where there are a lot of wealthy people, uh, that there may be more in that area. I don't know. But, uh, anyway, um, the, you you become a victim in these relationships no matter where you start out. And, well, I'll get to that. But let, what, what we're talking about here, I mean, Clinically, there really is no kind of category for something like this, as you know. Um, you know, somebody who has antisocial personality isn't always a psychopath. Um, I think I think the, the statistic is 25% of incarcerated criminals fit the uh, criteria for psychopathy. So that means the rest of them, well, even though they all have antisocial personality disorder, aren't necessarily psychopaths. Um, mm-hmm. So we're not talking necessarily just about a criminal. We're not talking, you know, because w- what what we are talking about are your kind of, um, you know, people that you know Mary Ellen O'Toole from, uh, who is a former FBI profiler. Mm-hmm. She said that only twenty percent of psychopaths are in jail, and she wasn't just referring to criminals who haven't been caught. She was referring to people who, who you just wouldn't recognize as psychopaths, and that's a, a lot of what I'm talking about. You know, like. The guy right. next to sh- shovels your driveway when it snows, or the CEO of your company, or your doctor, uh, or your spouse—in in many cases. So, right? Because um,
1: they're not—they're not doing anything criminal, but they're just psychopathic in their
2: behaviors, correct? Their
4: behaviors. Is, yes. Correct. Okay. And yeah, they don't just, care
2: about anybody else but themselves. Go ahead, Maria.
4: Right. And it's in a very extreme way. And um, what makes up a person like this, uh, you know, they, they might have some overlapping personality disorders or mental illnesses, but they're not, don't really define it. Um, th- what they do have, uh, well, you know, genetically and neurobiologically, they have, there are some definitely definite differences in their brains. Um, you know, there are parts that don't light up, that are damaged or inactive, uh, that have a lot to do with their ability to feel and process emotion. Okay, that's key, because if you can't process emotion, there's a lot of things that, that don't kind of connect. Mm-hmm. Um and other genetic factors contribute to things like impulsivity, hypersexuality, aggression, and stimulating, uh, stimulation seeking behaviors. Um, but they do have in their brain what's called a supernormal, normal or supernormal dorsal sy- system which enables what's called cold cognition, opposite of hot cognition, which would be emotions. And that means that they can, without the bother of conscience or empathy, uh, the cold planning and execution of predatory behaviors can become finely tuned and highly manipulative. So, um, so that's like kind of the neurobiology that they definitely do have. But then there's another piece, there's trauma. So, if you dig deep enough in their past, you're going to find some trauma, some pretty significant trauma.
1: Is that always um, the case? Is that, we say that's always the case? I,
4: I have never had a client that, or someone in my group, and everybody says this, that their partner talks about some early terrible abuse of some sort. Uh, and I think that might be part of, you know, the grooming process. They're trying to... Right. I mean, how can you
1: believe them? Passion. That's my point. Yeah, are they, are well, they just conning, or, I mean, or okay. is it real? You well, know?
4: I think they use it, but it seems... I mean, now James Fallon, that neuroscientist guy who has a psychopathic brain, who's not a psychopath, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. I have heard of he, him. But he... <laughs> well, he, in, his, in his book, he... He went through all of the literature, uh, that he could find on individual psychopaths, genocidal psychopaths, and he, and he couldn't find one that, where there wasn't one, uh, either significant abuse or, and or the death of one or both parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, so, have you seen so, you know, the there's study, something there. Did
1: you mm-hmm. see the study that came out last week or two weeks ago about uh, parenting our kids into narcissism? Oh, uh, that- I, did it happen you didn't see that because i'm no, just wondering I like if we're, if we're overcompensating our kids and making them believe they're the most wonderful being in the world and they can never fail isn't that uh, can that instill narcissism in, in, a, in a child into adulthood
4: well just personally i think it can and it might be part of the picture uh mm-hmm. but i i don't but these people are angry these people seem to be rageful and aggressive mm-hmm. just underneath the surface, and if you get close to them, it comes out. Um, so I think there must—it must be fueled a little bit by yeah, maybe entitlement, but also some yeah, of the rage that yeah. they bring from being from being victimized. Is uh, in some so maybe they're just bullied. It may not not necessarily inside the home. You know, there are different ways that you can be victimized. But it's this, and this is just my theory. You know, I from what I've heard and everything and read and in through that. I think that somewhere in adolescence, like this all kind of coalesces and they kind of almost make almost a, uh, a choice, you know, like a determined choice that they're dissociating from that victim or whatever happened to them before. And then, and they're never going to like go there again. So Mm -hmm, they're going to maintain this persona who is, um, you know, like blameless and in control and confident, and and hold this image of themselves in spite of anything. You know, like it's, it's going to be their priority, and everything is going to revolve around that from from now on, kind of.
2: No, that's hey, not a What do you Le- think, ahead, Leo? Uh, Leo, what I got to say, I got to tell you, if you're listening to what Marianne's saying, that they're not able connect to connect to emotion. Okay, but. You know, looking at your book and looking at social side, isn't this the best place for them? If they can't do emotion and they want to carry out whatever they want to carry out, isn't it nice that they're able to connect online and they're able to kind of disassociate? Yeah, that's a perfect place for them to disassociate. Yes, because
1: there's no real feel. Well, you know, for some, but but, right. They can be whoever they want. Right. I mean, that's (laughs) absolutely. It's not human. So and I don't <laughs> right. think narcissists are and, very human but that's my no, opinion. No,
4: they put they have this false self that they they put out, you know, they you know. Yeah, they're very, know. You know. Um, so John. let me just give you give you my little chart, okay? My little chart is like, okay, so what does this spell out? We have someone who who has low or no ability to feel emotion, right? Now, yeah. that would cause their an inability to feel others emotions or empathy, right? And if you can't connect with the hurt you cause someone, that kind of cancels out your conscience or your moral sense, right? Okay. And then it also um, cancels out the uh, identification you have of causes others' hurt. So you have no insight and no remorse, okay? Mm-hmm. So that would really kind of spell someone who has no ability to change and no ability to love.
2: Interesting. Really a bad Very interesting.
4: Bad, bad pick for a relationship right See, but, yeah and i, I want to
1: talk about what, like how who who picks these guys you know I, i'm very interested in, in at some point if you're not if you're going to talk about that or not because you know yeah. and what do they what do they do like what, you know they 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 can they get you they they like a like a spider web right they they can They're promise walking. you the world
4: oh, they okay, are everything yeah, you ever
1: yeah. wanted in the world and here they are my mm-hmm. my knight in shining armor has arrived but it's it's
4: yep. not. Well, it makes you wonder why would someone like this even want to be in a relationship? But okay, but on, on the conscious side, it could range from like being just very deliberately calculating and looking for a cover for like illicit activities or somebody to fleece or or on or maybe even someone to love. You know, I, I really don't know. But subconsciously, you know, they're looking for a way to kind of have a conquest. Uh, feel right, the right, control, right. you know, the, the, the allowness inside. I don't right. know. Uh, but anyway, the, the type. What you asked, the type of partner they they target. This is very interesting. Um Because they, you often will target someone who's very accomplished and educated, attractive, even. You know, someone mm-hmm. to make them look good. Yeah, uh, they're doing it for themselves. Yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. And, and someone to provide a, a cover for them, whether it's for their secret, uh, you know, double sexual life or some other act- illegal activity, okay? Interesting. Um, mm-hmm.
3: often,
4: often someone financially stable or well-off, uh, if they're looking for someone to take care of them materially or looking for someone to fleece. Um, someone who's very affirming and adoring, you know, to feed their narcissistic image.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so, right, right.
4: Uh, someone to uh, someone who would think the best about someone, you know, someone who would believe their lies, you know, someone who believes in the inherent good in people, for instance, you know, like we social workers are trained to do. Somebody we need
1: deprogramming. That's another story.
4: Okay. Oh, you'd be amazed at all the therapists. I know. I bet. Bad. Um, so, in someone who's loyal and compassionate. Uh, people who can feel for them, even though they can't feel for anyone. They're looking for someone who really feels compassion for them so they won't leave them, so they'll give them a lot of chances. Uh, looking for someone who can feel that wound of their abusive childhood, you know, that keeps them hooked in. Um, and, on, and, and on some level, they kind of target people that have some vulnerability, OK, there's got to be there seems to be some vulnerability. Now, that could be like poor self-esteem or maybe you didn't get enough emotional attunement from childhood. I, I kind of think Lacey Peterson might come into this a little bit, even though I mean, because her parents got divorced when she was very young and she only mm-hmm. saw her father, not that that much. So
3: mm-hmm.
4: they a so someone who either had maybe poor self-esteem or a, a not enough emotional validation and attunement. Where they might be okay being in a superficial relationship, all right, is, is it, or not know what a close relationship yeah. is. Yeah, he is so not. But that,
2: go ahead, John. I'm sorry. So th- this is like a uh, a wolf kind of predator that's smelling yeah. the blood. That's that's, oh, yeah. that's smelling the blood, seeing the weakness in the person.
4: Is yep, that right? Yep. Is that right? Exactly. And and there's other vulnerabilities that people have, like. Um, Having had uh, past relationships that were failed, divorced, death of a spouse, so that uh, on some level they fear that loss again. So they might be a little desperate or willing to be in a relationship in a superficial way, or maybe they're getting older and, and feel desperate to have children. Um, but mm-hmm. but the number one main the main vulnerability is that it's, they target someone who wouldn't recognize them. You know, it's naivety.
1: It's the greatest ah, yeah.
4: vulnerability, you know, because, right. you know, so it, it could literally almost happened to anyone.
1: And they know, um, just, I mean, I don't know if it's conscious or not, or they they pick these people out knowingly, or is it all underneath? Yeah. Uh, they do, right? They know they're very I calculating. I don't
4: know. I don't, it's hard. Uh-huh. Some. I don't know if it's very calculating or, you know, I think it's a spectrum there.
2: Mm-hmm. It
4: might be very calculating or it might be just unconscious. I don't know.
2: Celio goes right back again, you know, where, where they can't be recognized. So what's the best camouflage? And again, uh, I, I'm sure a lot of this starts or is continued online, you know, where they can oh, yeah. kind of, you know, oh. non- go ahead. You want to talk about that, Maria? Online? Yeah. I mean, the, uh, cam- the, the camouflage? The, yeah. A lot of sure. that. Do you see a lot of that?
4: Oh, there's, they're totally. You know, they're totally fake. I mean, they can present themselves so well. I mean, they're, they really are sheep. I mean, wolves in wolves. sheep's clothing. Yeah. Um, wolves. I mean, they can present themselves as anything you need them to be, okay? They're yeah. like, um I don't know if um, – you, you have you ever – have you heard of that book, Confessions of a Sociopath Hiding in Plain Sight by E.M. Thomas? I've heard of it's it. Fe- female no. – it's very – very interesting. Um, she describes herself as empty, as having no self, and she mutates into whatever it will that will best serve her in a situation or a relationship. She'll even change her sexual orientation. Is it you know? Um, it kind of reminds me of that. Uh, if you know anything about X Men, you know that 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 mutant Miss yeah Chief yeah yeah. I like, I like that show. <laughs> I like that. Uh, so so Earl. <laughs> Yeah, the
1: change changelings.
4: Thing, yeah. Yes. Changelings. So, so you hear people describe the early relationship, and, and I hear this over and over and over, as too good to be true. I met my soulmate. We have so much compatibility. I can't believe it. I, she swept me off my feet. He's everything I mm-hmm. ever wanted to a mate. I never had sex like this.
2: You hear that?
4: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <I> swear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, um you, Oh, can I – let me just segue a little bit about the sex thing. Okay. Uh, it's often scribe, described as addictive. Um okay. and, uh, and a lot – ha- and, and having a lot of it. Now, that is going to – now, again, this, I think, could be pretty predatory. It's going to increase the release of those attachment hormones. Yeah. You know, oxytocin in women, vasopressin in men, and uh, dopamine, right?
3: Mm-hmm. So, uh,
4: and also they seem to be, it's very important for them to be good at sex. They're like masters at sexual seduction, and they instinctively know how, that it's going to hook you, you know. For sure. And they, And they work hard, and it. it's part of their narcissism to feel powerful and have control well, over you.
1: Marianne, so there's a very interesting we have to take a short break stop right there we're going to have you back and uh, we want to hear more about this fascinating topic of these wolves in sheep's clothing stick around everybody we'll be right back
0: Extra Healthcare Services was founded in 1991 by Executive Director John Kelly. Our outpatient drug and alcohol counseling centers provide an individualized approach to treatment with a strong emphasis on building self-esteem in our clients and helping empower them to take effective control of their lives. Our program has had an extremely high success rate because our board certified and licensed counselors and psychologists design a program just for you or your family member to help deal with alcohol and drug abuse. We specialize in addictive illness in both adults and adolescents. Our entire team is committed to helping you or a family member become healthy. Our alcohol and drug abuse counseling centers are located in Middlesex, Monmouth, and Union Counties with both day and evening appointments available. Call 732-721-3835 or email us at info at extracarehealth.com. That's 732-721-3835 or info at extracarehealth.com. Welcome back to Crime and Reason on TalkZone.com. Here are your hosts, John Kelly and Leo Battenhausen.
1: All right, welcome back again, everybody. We are uh, here with uh, myself, Leo Battenhausen, John Kelly, and our very special guest, Mary Ann Glynn. And we're talking about everybody's favorite topic, especially their own, narcissists. Uh, so where <laughs> do we leave off, Mary Ann? We were talking about the sexual component to these per- people's and the personality.
4: Okay. Right? Uh, and how it's it's so important to them and how they're very good at it. Uh, There seems to be a very intense energy to it that people describe, an addictive, and uh, I believe that comes from that underlying rage that brings that intensity. And also they're they're very into, often into kinky sex, uh, even sadistic sex, uh, but you might not know this until much later on in the relationship, Mm -hmm. Um, because to them sex is just sex, you know, it's lust, it's a... Uh, high, um, it's devoid of emotional meaning, basically. You know, it's they're like not a, really like a, connecting.
1: Like a drug,
2: I guess. In yeah. Way. Yeah. yeah. Is that
4: all about really control, connect- too, Marianne? Is that
2: is that all yeah. about them having their cake and eat it, too, having control and sex at the same yeah. time?
4: Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, control and power. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. 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 So anyway, so we- yeah, but... Right, there's a gr- grooming process to all that. You know, uh, you know, you uh, uh, you, you uh, don't I'll you don't know it. it, but I want to hear this. So you so I... might you might you're passing tests along the way, and if you pass the test, you know. Look, like, let's say the person, um, you know, was kind of out of off the charts for a day, and you're trying to reach him, and you can't find him. He's probably with his other girlfriend, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> or something. Or his other wife, or something. But um, right, you know, but, right. but then he comes. But he, you know, and he's and he comes up with a crazy some some kind of excuse, not crazy, but an excuse. And, and if you believe that and start, you know, go along, and he can control and and, and snow you. Then you're passing tests, you know. Um, and then you're going to be hooked in as quickly as possible. They tend to move this as quickly as they can, and they do seem to like a, um, you know, stable home base. <laughs> and Funny, it could cover. Huh? So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Um so but what, and then what? if you try to walk away or find something out about them, he'll tend to kind of come back with a lot of romance and sex, gifts, proposed marriage, you know, those kinds of things.
1: Right. They'll, they know just how much of a line to feed you to get you back, right? And I think exactly. that's Exactly. What do what a, what can women do? Now you have a you have a couple things going on for uh, resources for victims, don't you? Um mm-hmm. We have a website, uh, www.destructiverelationshipshelp.com. Yes. Is that correct? Destructiverelationshipshelp.com. So what, 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 what is that for? How does that help uh, victims? or? Well, does?
4: Um, it's, it's a website really that, uh, for the group that I run or groups. Uh, I have a group in New Jersey, in north central New Jersey, and we meet twice a month. Uh, And if you wanted to join that, you should go to meetup.com and you'll get updates. uh, Or you can go to the website, um, meetup.com, and search for relationships with narcissists, sociopaths, psychopaths.
1: I think that's fascinating. There's a market for this stuff more and more these days, and you're feeling a very much needed piece of treatment because a lot of people, you know, um, are being affected, and, and there's not a whole lot of, you know, specific treatment for these for the victims, the type of personality that gets involved with these creeps.
2: Yeah, and then the, yeah. app, you have, the app you have is great, too, Mind Warrior. Do you want to just talk yeah. a couple minutes about that?
4: Okay, um well mind warrior is is an app that I uh, created because I just saw a gap um, you know based on recent findings uh, you know in brain science what they find has can cause change is um, actually neuroplasticity you know in the brain in order to really Change. you have to find ways to change an internal response to something, and it takes a lot of focused attention and mindfulness. So it's kind of a mindfulness-based app that keeps people um, aware and connected to what's going on inside, in particular triggers that uh, drive mood and behaviors, self-esteem, relationship reactions, uh, substance triggers, and post-traumatic stress, which helps out a lot of these women and men in, in my group. That's and then cool. it has re- resources inside which you you can use to change your response and keep focused and on track and uh, planning things and has some audio visualizations and uh, it also has an email option to uh, share your input with um a therapist, friend, or sponsor
1: that's that's awesome. and what mind warrior? Is that mind the, warrior. Listen, folks, <laughs> mind warrior. And how would one get that if they wanted to uh, have that uh, have that app, Marianne?
4: They get just it? go to the their app store or Google Play and search for Mind Warrior.
2: Okay. Hey, Leo, there's something else I wanna I wanna bring up and. Uh, I'm glad you explained that app, Marianne, because it is a great, great uh, mental health tool. But there's something I just, you know, I just want to bring up with uh, Leo. You know, Marianne brought out that these guys are chameleons. Okay, they'll be anything you want them to be. Marianne just said that a little while ago. Well, yeah. you know, there's two types of chameleons, really. Uh, there's uh, what Arnold, Doctor Arnold Lazarus, God bless his soul. Who really mentored me in a lot of ways, you know, always told me you have to be as a therapist, you have to be the authentic chameleon. And what he meant by that is you've got to go, be able to go over to somebody else's orchard, not wait for them to come to your orchard. Go over to their orchard, a client, so to speak, to bring them over to your orchard. But what we're talking about here is a different type of chameleon. We're talking about a fraudulent Chameleon, Marianne, like Leo talks about in his book, on the internet and everything. Could you talk about that fraudulent uh, chameleon? That that uh, how how they'll you know they'll be whatever you want them to be.
4: Yeah, they they they're very good at that. I mean, think about it. These these guys have been studying this. I mean, if you. For, for whatever reason, right, whether you, they're born without this ability to really connect emotionally with people, or they're dissociated from their early trauma, and they, you know, and themselves, and they just, uh, they learn, they don't have this connection to them, but they study other people. So they're always studying other people growing up. <laughs> mm-hmm. And how do other people operate? And that people looks like, that person looks like they're feeling this and that and what is really going on. You know, we don't do that. We just grow up kind of living, right, and reacting. And they right. grow up studying other people. And and I, I think that, that they kind of feel superior. To us, empaths, you know, <laughs> oh, I think they I kind of, of course. feel like they, they don't have to be subject to any all of these emotional outbursts and responses and this, you know, I- irrational behavior. They, I think, they see themselves as very rational and in control and, uh, you know, and, and they can, and it's a game, you know, they play games, uh, you know, they, they, it's a conquest, you know. They could, let, let me see. I heard someone actually in my group the other night was saying that the, her guy kind of slipped out and kind of revealed his M.O. to her, and he and he said that he he knows that he could walk across this this room full of women and go to any one of them and pick them up. <laughs> he has that oh, much boy, confidence. Oh he boy, he's a
2: lot of confidence yeah. and so forth. Yeah.
4: You know, and it's it's almost like a game. Because if you're not emotionally engaged, there's, there's nothing to be nervous about. And these guys are, have no anxiety anyway. Well, let me so, stop you know, for
1: you... a we're, we're running out of time. But, Marion, I want to talk about Scott Peterson. Yeah, the yeah. Okay. He's a, he fits right in here. Yeah, that's <laughs> the, a good example.
2: That's the, that's the, yeah. You're
1: bringing up that example about the guy walking through the room. We can have whoever he wants. That to me is completely Scott Peterson esque, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> what do you, what, I mean, is he not the. Uh, the quintessential narcissist or sociopath.
4: Yes, right? he is, except for he wasn't very cunning. <laughs> he, yeah, he, he was, stupid. He
2: was, yeah, he stupid. was stupid. he was stupid. They're not all smart, yeah. Uh,
4: right. Uh, so, you know, he, he but that uh, I think a lot of guys like him would just have stayed in the marriage. You know, they would have. Been able, felt like they could pull off staying in the marriage while doing whatever else they wanted on the side. Right.
3: Sure, uh, but I him,
4: I, I don't think he was that smart. And um, and also what what's just real quick, what's going on in the marriage? Like, every, you know, they're putting on this front. The romance phase is fine. But then when the real work of marriage comes and it takes responsibility and honesty and conflict happens and this and that, they don't like that. They're going to resent that. Um, you know, he's going to resent Lacey for not seeing him as perfect and blameless. He's going to resent her for not seeing everything eye to eye and letting him be in control. He's going to resent the restriction of marriage, um, and so he needs to go on the conquest again back to feel, so he can go back to feeling powerful and in control. So, so he may have been playing along and doing a good job, uh, seeming to be engaged in the relationship while Lacey was experiencing the marriage as just fine and they were going to have a baby and everything. But more likely, Scott was already exhibiting abusive behaviors that come out uh, right. You know, pretty quick, like, you know, dismissing sexually, uh, distancing, uh, you know, stonewalling, gaslighting, verbal demeaning, that that kind of thing mm-hmm. and, and cheating. Maybe. So um, they're always cheaters. Uh, so.
1: Right. We don't know if so
2: Amber was the, have
4: first. the Right. Yeah,
2: right. We don't know. Well, if she she was
4: was the well there were two other women. He he was there, he was. Dating <laughs> oh, with no, Amber. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, so what, maybe she found out, you know, maybe she was going to expose him. Uh,
1: Ah, right.
4: I wonder, you know, you don't ever expose somebody like this. I mean, there are like countless shows on criminal TV shows where, you know, upstanding doctor, you know, and after 40 years kills his wife. Or You know what I mean? You don't expose them. Uh, Yeah, it's very dangerous. Um and, and you don't threaten retaliation. So, you know, maybe he was just, he strikes me as someone who was just very used to getting what he wanted his whole life. So when well, his yeah, life wasn't what he wanted, he literally wanted to erase it. it.
1: Well, look yeah. at his mother. Like she, until the day he got locked up, she said he's innocent. He's innocent. And she She's as crazy as he is. <laughs> you know, she would not buy it, that this guy could possibly right. do such a thing.
2: She came up, right. they came up with a lot of money to retain, uh, what's his name, Garagos? Yeah, Garagos. Garagos. But you know something else that jumps out at me on this case, and I've seen this before. With these pathological narcissists, when the woman has the baby, is pregnant and is having the baby, the woman is more attentive to the fetus and then the yeah. child when the child's born. And they can't take yeah. that because it takes right. attention away from them.
4: Right, Which right. Interesting. Yeah, yep, yep. And, I don't, and a lot of times they don't really want to be fathers. Not always. Right. But, you know, they but, don't right, that's, be tied down.
1: That was a theory, too, wasn't it? That, uh, you know, oh, now a baby's going to be here. I'm not going to, I don't want to be a father. I don't want to be, I don't want to share my uh, attention with my wife now. There it
2: is. You know, there instead it is. Of, yeah.
1: Yeah, not, don't yeah. get the divorced. Go fishing on, on Christmas Eve, you know, and dump your what? wife. And It's uh, just a very sad, sad story, but the moron, the, just the stupidity of it all with him.
2: Yeah, well, real. he was, a, he was definitely a moronic murderer as we call them, Leo. You know that. Yeah, but I know. Didn't he, didn't he also have an insurance policy on her? Uh, Must have. <laughs>
1: I don't know about that.
2: You right. know, cause I, know I seem to remember there was something else involved here. And of course, Amber Fry was probably enough for him. And the fact that he wouldn't have to uh, be, take second place to uh, his child, the poor little baby b- being born into the world. So, uh, he wouldn't have to play second fiddle is in his mind because he's Mr. Right. Great and he's, uh, it's all about him. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: Well, Mary, I just I want to ask you too. But well, before we run out of all time, if if, if a woman suspects, that it's usually a woman suspects she's in a relationship with one of these uh, one of these people. What should they look for, and what can they do? Uh, wh- what
4: should they look for? Yeah, like wh- in what the, in the relationship?
1: Yeah, what signs <laughs> would be a cue to them that well, maybe my 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 partner here is a narcissist? What are well, the warning signs? If, yeah, let's the if, warning
4: signs if, okay. are. good. If, they, if a person seems too good to be true, they probably are.
1: <laughs> I'll buy that. <laughs> um,
4: if a person seems to be um, moving the relationship really quickly, like you know it's a, you know um, proposing uh, engagement or wanting to move in together quickly, that is a bad sign. Uh, if, if a person can't usually you don't always have conflict in the beginning parts of relationships, but if a person, in, in the face of conflict is either dismissive or uh, can't do it or walks away from it or is somehow, uh, you know, demeaning, that's a bad sign. And so, you know, if they can't empathize with you, everything has to be their way. Um, if, if you're having like a ton of sex and you're feeling like uh, leaving a little overwhelmed by it um, mm-hmm. and, and it's a very sexually focused relationship, very sexually focused
1: should um, they, should they be looking at meeting their friends and family before they make definitely. any, commi- right? I always thought yeah. that too. Yeah, 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 bring them home to mother. Because that's most of, so well that too, but most of the time these, these people don't really have a lot of real friends, correct?
4: Yeah. I was going to say that that's another sign that they, okay. they tend to be, uh, not have a lot of connection to friends or family. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they, sometimes they um, don't have a job, or they're talking about having a job, but they don't actually have a job. Make sure they You're actually right. have a job.
1: There's, there's always it, something in the making, right?
4: <laughs> I got and a question. Sometimes there, sometimes, sometimes there are these guys who are like have created identities, and very, the most popular ones are being in the CIA or being a, a military, you know, some kind of illustrious military guy. So, uh, so make sure so you solid. meet his so, colleague. So Make sure you meet his colleagues,
1: okay? <laughs> okay, that's very helpful. Okay. Hear, listen, listen, yeah. ladies, listen to this very important
2: stuff. Yeah, you one speak. other question I have to ask you before we go, and I hope we have time. Marianne, have you met any men who have had pathologically narcissistic wives or women?
4: Yes, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's, so you've it's had in the them minority. as clients as
2: well. They're in the minority, yes. right?
4: Yes. Right, but on right. on LoveFraud, LoveFraud.com, which is another good resource for support, uh, uh, they they Donna Anderson and Leanne Leedham did a, a survey on something like thirteen hundred men who they who they had contact with through love fraud who were with women. That was, that's a lot of men that's, who just took this survey.
1: Wow. Yeah, you and
4: don't hear about as them as much, right? They're just as ruthless. <laughs> Sometimes
2: more so, right? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes more Sometimes. so. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. And you've you've brought them up, Leo, with these teachers to take advantage of these younger kids. Sure. Yeah. yeah. These, these, these uh, you know teenagers, these teachers, the female teachers are having sex with these teenagers, teen, uh, young teenage males.
1: Yeah, well, you gotta mm-hmm. really wonder. These beautiful women, most of the yeah. time. Yeah. What, what's yeah. that? They talk about
2: power uh, and yeah. control. Yeah, do they think they're beautiful now? <laughs> they're narcissists. I think I, they do. Yeah, I think they do too. <laughs> you know, I absolutely I think do. They don't have a bad way. word to say about themselves.
4: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well,
1: this is a, we're, we're talking with Mary Ann Glynn, and it's been a very, very informative uh, show today, Mary Ann. Appreciate it. We have a couple more minutes, so um, I just want the if, uh, if people want to get in touch with you, they can go to. Distract DestructiveRelationshipsHelp.com? dot com, yes. Or, yes? And
4: I, I also yes, and I, I run a chat group um, on that on that website for anyone, anywhere. So
1: okay, so that's oh, that's wonderful. Again, I think it'll be on the Talk Zone uh, uh, information board here for our show. The the, the website Destructive help dot com,
2: and well, correct and. Uh, Okay. And Leo, you know, your book Social Side really, really fits in here in a big way because, you know, again, getting back to, you know, the stealth like predatory behavior and camouflage these guys use, I mean a lot of it's through technology and through the internet. Yeah, and
1: it's only oh, gonna yeah. get worse. Yeah, be careful. Very wise words. Um but these the-
4: uh w- these women become very damaged and men you know people in these relationships are so traumatized and so broken well, when when at the end of it they they have no like they're a shadow of themselves even if they were you know very felt very good with themselves very accomplished it is a very devastating relationship um-
1: well, ladies, don't, they know a victim should feel alone. Um, reach out and get some help. I think we're out of time, folks. Marianne Glenn, it's been a pleasure.
2: Yeah, thank you so much, Marianne. Thank you so it's been much for we'll have pleasure. you on again. Thank we'll have you on yeah, again.
1: We'll love to have you back, Thank you I'm for the Leo.
4: opportunity.
1: Well, we've our a we pleasure. Appreciate it. And I'm Leo Battenhausen here with John Kelly. This is Crime and Reason for Talk Zone, and we will see you next Wednesday, folks. Good Take evening. Care.